I'm very happy that I get to speak to you guys today. Um, did you, who was here last week for Pastor Kyle's life first? Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. I know that it was, it was really, really funny talking to him beforehand because he was like, gosh, my life verse is just not a very happy verse. How am I supposed to talk about this? The, being afraid of God. And, uh, and even throughout the whole week, he was asking, he goes, can you pray for me? I don't know how I'm going to deliver this, but I thought it was, it was really, really good. It was a fun time. So I have to follow that now. So, so here we go. Now, as you know, I'm, I'm the children's pastor here, so I do, I do lots of little things on stage and stuff, so I'm, I'm going to do something later, which is why there's a towel over here and some water will be coming up, so splash zone, be, be a great. But so we started this whole summer series on our life verse. Um, the staff is, we're going through and we're all going to share with you guys, what is our life verse? And Pastor Terry, when we were talking about it, we put together some things. We said, now, a verse that speaks to you um, in your life. We want to make sure we all understand what a life verse is. A life verse is an encouraging word. Um, Galatians 6, 9 talks about when you need a lift and you're tired, coming back to the word and finding something to lift you up. We want to find one that gives us peace in chaotic times. We, we all, no one ever has chaotic times anymore, Right. Exactly. We want to find a verse that can help calm us back down. We want to find a verse that can recalibrate us when our priorities get out of order, when we start putting things in place where they shouldn't be and things take over our lives and our families. We want a verse that can bring us back to Christ, a verse that can bring us back to the word. And most, another big important one, when we feel like giving up. When things hit us so hard that we just feel like, you know what, I'm just done right now and I don't want to do anything else, a verse that can bring us back and motivate us to get back right with our relationship with God. And now these are our rules and they're not sacred rules because we we made these up, these rules for a life verse. But we want to encourage you all through this series to find a life verse. Um, just by a show of hands, if you'd like to share, does anyone, does anyone have a life verse? I'm not asking you to share it out loud, but just awesome. What we want you guys to do, and hopefully through this series, you'll find your own life verse, write it on a three by five card and bring it to us. Um, next week, we'll have a, I'll actually have a, a bin up here where we can come up at one point, either before or after service, and you can even leave it in your baskets. We'll find a way for you guys to turn them in. But um, Pastor Terry, he didn't share with us exactly what he wants to do, but he says he's going to do something cool with everyone's life verses. So write your verse on one side, put your name on it, if you are brave enough to put your name on it, which is really cool, because it's a verse in the Bible, so you didn't write it, so you can put your name on it. It's all good. But just put your name on there, say, this is my life verse, drop it in, Terry's going to do something cool with it, and we'd love to see and read and hear what everyone's life verses are. Sound good? Yeah. All right, awesome. Now, today I get to share with you my life verse. Now, if you were here last year, I got to share my testimony. I did a whole, uh, my sermon title was My Way or the, the Highway, and it was all about, you know, me and giving my life to God and letting him take control. And my life verse, actually, I shared then, so I get to share it again uh, today. I'm not going to give my whole testimony again, but there may be some elements that come into play because this verse, I get to tell you why it's so important to me, how it recalibrates me back to God, how it keeps me focused and moving on. And it's actually a well-known, a pretty popular and famous verse. So if this is your life verse too, I'm talking about it first, so pick another one. <laughs> Just kidding. We can have multiple same people with the life verses. That's fine. My verse also comes from uh, Proverbs. Kyle's came from Proverbs. And some more background on Proverbs. It was written by King Solomon. Now, King Solomon was the son of King David. David, we talk about as the man who had, he had a heart after God. He was the greatest king in, in history. And Solomon was his son. Now, God was pleased with Solomon and actually asked him at one point, Solomon, what do you want from me? I'll give it to you. If God ever asked me that question, oh man, my, my, I, I, don't, I can't narrow down one thing I think I'd say. 
But just Solomon, I think, shocks everyone when he says, I want wisdom. The God of everything asks you, what do you want? It's yours. The, the possibilities are endless. And he says, I want wisdom. Probably would not have been what I asked for. I probably would have thought I'm pretty wise on my own. I got this part of it down. Let's get a material something. <laughs> but he asks for wisdom. And God blesses him with wisdom. And because of his choice of wisdom, God gives him other things as well. And so we look at Solomon, and he's, we know that he is the wisest king that we had in history. Now, through this, my life first comes. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. You can either open it to your Bibles or just look right up there because we wrote it out. But it says this, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I absolutely love this verse. Uh, this verse, all those things that I said in the beginning, what life first should do for you, this does all that for me and more. It gets me through a lot, and I'm going to break it down for you a little bit because the very first line says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. What a way to open up a verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Does everyone do that on a regular basis? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not because trust is not easy. But I wanted to tell you guys, you know, we have to understand what trust is. Now, trust is defined as a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Now, we all have people in life that we trust, right? No, no, no one trusts anyone. Gosh, no one trusts anyone in this place. Wow. Why are we even here? Okay. But we all have people that we trust. Now, the first thing we need to learn about trust is trust is hard to earn. How many of you guys have had a hard time earning someone's trust in your life? I know I've had plenty of times where I've had to work at it and prove that I'm a trustworthy person to someone. Some people, are, some people will trust easy. Some people you really have to work at it because something happened in our life where they don't trust people very easily at all and you have to work on it. But trust in general is hard to earn. Now, you may not realize it, but we actually trust people or things every day without even really thinking about it. We trust every day that the bank is not going to mysteriously lose our money when we go in there to make a, a withdrawal. Now, we probably don't even think about that on a regular, everyday basis, but can you imagine walking into the bank one day, hey, I want to make a withdrawal. Oh, we lost that. Sorry. It's, it's, it's gone. Trust gone. <laughs> but uh, we trust every, every day that we take our kids to school. We trust that that school is going to take care of our kids. They're going to teach them what they need to know at the appropriate grade levels and age levels. So as they grow up, they're getting all this knowledge. And we trust that. Now, we may not think a lot about it now, but when we think about these schools, if you really think about it, schools, banks, businesses, their whole reputation relies on people trusting them to do their job. And so if there are stories of banks that have said, you know, hey, we're going to change this system there, and people just left because, oh, I don't trust them anymore. They're gone. And then it takes them a while to build back up that reputation. Or if something happens at a school, suddenly the school's trust for the facility and the staff and the principal there is gone. And it takes them a long time to build that credibility back up because trust is not easy to get. Trust is hard to earn. Now, a hundred years ago, there was a man named Charles Blondin. Does anybody know that name? He was a famous tightrope walker. Now this guy, I can't imagine ever thinking about doing this, he decided to tightrope walk across Niagara Falls. 
Now, people go down in barrels, and he decided without a safety harness, he was going to tightrope across Niagara Falls. And he was famous. It's 100 years ago. People knew who he was. They were cheering for him. So he gets this thing going, and he's calling out to the crowd. Say, hey, I'm going to tightrope walk. Who thinks I can do it? And the crowd's screaming. They're like, yeah. And so he starts going, and he's getting cheers and everything. And he goes back across one side. Huge round of applause. I can't imagine him thinking he was going to do it again, but he decided to up the ante a little bit. So he says, all right, how many of you guys think I can go across with a wheelbarrow and take this cross? And the crowds, yeah, they're going and cheering for him. So he gets this wheelbarrow and he's ready to go. And then he decides to ask the crowd, how many of you guys think I can go across this tightrope with a person in the wheelbarrow? And the whole crowd, yeah, they're cheering and going nuts and everyone's getting ready. He goes, all right, who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> Silence. Nobody moves, nobody budges, the cheers stopped, it was just silent. (laughs) Suddenly, no one trusted him anymore. (laughs) Now, had he been going across with tons of stuff in there, you know, something really, really heavy, there may have been some person in the crowd that said, hey, I'll do it, people are going to look at me and I may die, this will be fun. But for the most part, people didn't do it. Because he didn't build that much trust that they were going to be able to do it with their lives. You see... Trust is harder when the more important the factor is, especially with our personal lives, the harder it is to trust. The harder it is to give someone else control. The harder it is to give someone else the responsibility of taking over that aspect of our lives. And trust, I said, is not easy. Um, Rachel, can you come up here? Oh, yes. Uh, Jim, can you go ahead and get me my pitcher of water? Hi. I think I used you last time for one of the things I did, too. Thank you, Jim. Do you trust me, Rachel? I know. know. Okay. (laughs) Good. Good. That'll make this more fun. All right. I am going to absolutely do my best to make sure that none of this gets on you. Okay? No? (laughs) Okay. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to hold this over your head, and I'm going to poke holes in it. it's, It's okay. You can laugh at that. Yeah, it's with pencils. And you're not going to get wet. Yeah, thanks for the vote of confidence over there. Yeah. All right, now, just in case... All right, that's nice and sealed. Here's a shower cap. Get your hair wet. All right. I've never used one. Okay, there we go. Oh, sorry, not on your eyes. All right. Okay? What about the rest of what? What about it? I told you you're not going to get... You still don't trust me? Okay, hold on. All right, wrap that around you. Wrap that around, okay. All right. I practiced this um, like once or twice in my life, so. so I should be a pro now, right? Do you trust that if I do this with five pencils, you're not going to get wet? Okay, well, we're going to do it anyways. All right, here we go. Ready? I still get nervous when I do this. <laughs> Here we go. Count it out. That's one. Are you wet yet? Do you believe that I just threw a pencil through that bag? Okay. Here we go. Two. Three. Where to do this next one? Let's see here. Right there is a good spot. Four. 
Last one, drum roll, please. Five. Rachel, look up. Yeah, you can take that off now. Now, do you trust, do you trust me now? A little bit? Okay, a little bit. Give her a hand. Give her a hand coming up here. Yeah, Jim, can you come back up and take this away so it doesn't, like, you know, make a big puddle on stage? Oh, he's not even listening. You can take this away, Jim. <laughs> and, you know, don't, as much as tempting as it is, please don't pull those pencils out until you go over the sink. <laughs> All right. So... Trust is not easy, and right there, it's, it's funny because I know, I know Rachel pretty well. That's why I know I can pick on her a little bit. But I knew she thought she was going to get wet. But as I started going through there, and at the end of that, she had a little bit more trust in me. Now, last year when I did the, when I did the same a trust thing, I did a mouse trap. I don't know if how many of you guys remember the mouse trap. And I had a, it was actually a rat trap. It was a big one. And I put a pencil on it, and it shattered the pencil, and then I told the kid to put their finger there. And the trap didn't go off. And so it was about earning trust and how it's hard to earn trust. Now, Rachel was a great sport and stood up here. And I actually tried that last night at home and I got Stephanie wet, so I had to practice a little bit. But But trust isn't easy. And sometimes you just have to go for it. Sometimes you just have to say, all right, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take the step and I'm just going to do it. Um, One of my favorite movies, I actually wanted to show a clip of the Superman movie, but... It's, it, the, the clip was really, really glitching. It didn't work. The audio was great, but the video was freaking out. But I shared it last time, too. Superman dressed as Clark Kent. This is the new Man of Steel movie. General Zod, the bad guy, just showed up, and he's demanding Superman turns himself into them, and Superman has never revealed himself to Earth yet, so he doesn't know what to do. Do I trust Earth? Are they going to accept me? Do I turn myself into Zod and trust that he's going to leave Earth alone? I don't know. And so he seeks the advice of a priest. And the priest, you know, he's telling the priest this whole issue, and the priest tells him, sometimes you just have to take that first step of faith, and the trust comes later. I love that line, because when we talk about trusting God, we do have to take that big step of faith. It would have been like us getting in that wheelbarrow when Charles was like, hey, who wants to get in? Woo, I'll do it! And that, that's a big step of faith right there, because that's your life on the line. But that's a great example of how you just have to leap, go forward with it, and trust God with your life. Now, just like trust is easy to earn, uh, it's hard to, I'm sorry, hard to earn, trust is also easy to lose. What if I were to dump that whole bag of water on Rachel's head? For the first pencil, it just went, poof, water pours out, and I would have said, oh, let me try again. She probably, I mean, she's a good sport. She may have just said, okay, sure, and done it again, but she probably would have been expecting again to get drenched, because she wouldn't have trusted that I could do it. I probably wouldn't have trusted myself that I could do it anyways. But trust is easy to lose. How many of us have, been, have had our trust in someone else just shattered because we, we asked them to do something? We gave them responsibility, and they just totally dropped the ball. And not even dropping the ball like in something small, but something that really, really affected our lives. Like we were really, really counting on someone for something, or we were counting on our job for something, or to something for something huge, and it fell apart, and it hurts you so bad that it creates trust issues. And you immediately in that mind, when you think of, oh, I need someone to do something, that person is off your list. It's like not even asking. They can't do it. They won't get it because they violated my trust. And that can even be someone who's built up trust for years, but then blown it in one big way, and suddenly it's gone. Because trust is just like that. It's so easy to lose. Now, I remember, I don't know if I shared this story last time, but when I was in the seventh grade, there was a movie that I really wanted to see. Rated R movie. My mom said it was rated R for very obvious reasons. My mom said no. 
And I was, wanted to see it anyways. And I know mom's right there. She probably remembers this very well. And so my brothers and I, one of my brothers was old enough to get us into the rated R movie. And so we said we were going to see some Jackie Chan movie that was in theaters and whatever. And so we went and we actually snuck into this other one. We didn't sneak in. We snuck in on her knowledge. But, you know, we bought the tickets and went right in. Saw the movie. Came home. Mom asked how it was. You know, so what'd you see? How was it? And being the good kid I was, I lied to her face. <laughs> Just bold-faced lied. I made up scenes from a movie that I didn't see. <laughs> that always goes over well when people, other people start talking about it that really had seen it. And, uh, and she trusted me. She said, all right, awesome. And she, you know, night went on and I went to bed that night. She comes in the room. I don't know what time of the night it was. She comes in the room, just opens the door. She goes, Dustin, Andrew, my other brother that was with me, that we went and saw it together. He goes, what movie did you see? We lied again. She said the same movie. You know, this, this. And, you know, you, you, and then she goes, I'm going to ask you one more time. What movie did you see? You know, at that point, you know. <laughs> Game over. She knows. And so we told her what we saw. And the look on her face, I'll never forget. And she told me she was disappointed. It's the worst. I know. It's the worst. <laughs> Why can't you just be angry at me? <laughs> just be angry at this. Don't be disappointed. But she was disappointed. And I know that she had tears and she left. And for me, it was just like, oh my gosh, I just ruined a trust that I had with my mom. And I had to build that trust back up. And I know how hard it was for me. And when I look at the grand scheme of things, it was like, all right, I saw a movie in middle school. I lied to my mom. Things are okay now. That's not something that's going to alter my entire life for the rest because someone has burned me. But I can't imagine, when I think about it, the pain that she went through knowing that her son, her favorite son too, her son, her son lied to her and just lied to her face twice in the same night before I finally came out and said the truth. Suddenly, you know, some freedoms that I had were, were gone and taken away. I had to build that trust back up with my own mom. And that's something that, to, to this day, people say, what's something that you hate the most? And because of that instance, I told people, gosh, I hate lies. I hate it because when I did it, I saw how much it hurt the other person. And so I, would, I don't want that put on me because I, I saw the pain that experienced. So it's so easy to lose. And I had to spend so much time building that back up. But the good news about trust, the way this verse speaks life to me, is that when it says, trust God with all your heart, I know, man, I get to put my, I get to put my trust in someone who has 100% guarantee all of the time. I get to put my trust in someone who has never broken a promise, someone who has never abandoned me, someone who has never changed his mind just for the sake of, oh, well, I did this, and I'm, you're, you're going to get in trouble now, so I'm going to do this instead just to punish me for something I didn't do. God doesn't do that. There's times when God disciplines, yes, but God doesn't ever lie. He doesn't ever break a promise. He has 100% guarantee that when you put your trust in him, he will keep his word. And there's no one else on earth that can do that. So that's why I love Proverbs when it says, it's trust in the Lord God with all your heart because you can't put your trust in anyone else that will be as good as he is. I know that when I'm lost or hurt, I know that he can never hurt me. I know that when I am hurting, he can bring me healing. I know that when I'm lost, he can lead me in the right direction. I can trust him with everything in my life without the fear of being burned. Now, now so we have trust. Hard to earn, easy to lose. It's, so, it's not easy to trust God, but once we start doing it, once we take that leap of faith, it becomes easier, and you'll never have to worry about losing it with him. The second part of this verse it says, lean not on your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. What I love about this is it shows me that where I am limited in life, 
God is unlimited in his power. There's nothing he can't do. This verse speaks so much positivity because I don't know every detail of my life or what's going to happen. I can look back in details and things that I've done, but I don't know what's going to happen in my life. I don't know. Kyle, that's a funny part of his sermon last week. You know, he said, I could be walking down the street and get mauled by a lion in Bible times. Now, of course, I'm not going to walk down the street, especially Martinez, and get mauled by a lion. No, you, you could walk you know, across the street and get nailed by a car. Um, just, just this last week on Facebook, um, I saw that um, a friend of mine was riding his bike to, to work and got hit by a truck. He's fine. He had a concussion, went to the hospital, and he's good. But it's just one of those things. Like, no one would have thought that when he said, hey, I'm off to work today, he's going to go get hit by a truck. It's an unexpected thing in life. We can't see that far ahead. We don't know what's going to happen. But God is unlimited in what he knows and what he can do for us. So many times in Scripture, you see God using his power through different things. We see loaves and fishes feeding thousands of people. Again, nothing man could have done, something only God could have done. Um, Elisha, one of the prophets in the Old Testament, meets a, a widow who has no money to pay off her debtors. And this guy was talking, he was just harassing her, and he, she owed him money. So through the power of God, he helped her multiply oil that she sold. And she sold enough of it to where she was able to pay off her debt and provide for her family. Again, nothing Elisha could have done, something that God in his unlimited power did through Elisha. We see Jesus healing people. We see Jesus restoring people, people, uncurable diseases. Doctors couldn't do anything for lepers in Bible times. But Jesus would come and just using the power of God show that he has unlimited power and unlimited knowledge and he could bring healing to these people. There were battles that looked hopeless. Armies of 300 taking on armies of thousands. And not the movie that came out. That's you know, not the Bible story. But Gideon's army of 300 taking on thousands of another army, all because the power of God was on their side. God shows that he is unlimited. When we can't comprehend, we can't understand, we can't do it, we know that God can. So when we have to lean not on our own understanding and in all our ways acknowledge him, we know that, gosh, I don't understand this, but God does. He knows what I don't know, which is why his path is going to be so much better. I don't know what Aurora is going to be when she grows up one day. A princess. She's already a princess. <laughs> now, I don't know who she's going to marry. I don't know what job she's going to have. I don't know where she's going to live. I don't know what's going to happen in her life in 10 years. I don't know what's going to happen in my life in 10 years. I mean, hopefully in 10 years, we'll still be here. Things will be rocking. We'll have a new building over there on the side yard. We'll be like 5,000 people. We'll be you know, changing the world for Jesus. It's going to be phenomenal. But, you know, just what God can do. And I don't know those things, but God does. And I know that when we walk on his path, maybe that's not his path. But when we walk on his path, he's going to make our path straight. Now, God knows all these things. Isaiah 46 says this. Remember the former things of old, for I am God. There is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done. I love that because I I think that really complements this verse in Proverbs because, you know, God says, I know these things that are not yet done. Then Then he's telling us, trust in me. I'm going to make your path straight. If he knows what's not done and he knows he's going to make my path straight, I can put so much trust in him knowing that his plan is so much better than mine 100% of the time. I don't think my plan will, I don't think God will ever look and go, you know, that, doesn't, that was a good idea. I'm going to change this because you said that and that was really, really good. <laughs> as much as I'd like to think, you know, that could happen. It's God's not going to do that for me. He's going to stick to what he knows is best for me and he's going to want me to walk that path. I love the fact that he has all the answers. I wish he would give me answers more often. How many of you guys have been praying for an answer? It's just gone through your lives, and you, you just don't feel like you're getting it. 
You just, I mean, you're praying like, God, please show me how to do this. And then, you know, a couple years later, your prayer is, God, please show me how to do this. And you're still waiting for that answer. And, you know, I, I wish God would give me more answers. I wish I would know so much more than I do. But Stephanie tells me it's good that I don't because my head would just get big. And she already makes fun of my ego. And she says, nobody needs a Dustin who knows any more than he already does in this world. It won't be good for anybody. So God, you know, keeps me in my place too. But he gives me enough to know that when I pray and when I ask, like, God, can you show me this way? God, can you go here? If I put my trust in him, he's going to show me the direction I need to go. Maybe not, he won't show me maybe the end point of that, but I can at least know the path I'm supposed to walk there, the direction I'm supposed to be going. And when I turn, I know it's me turning because he's making my path straight. My last point today on this is that, this is another point that Stephanie loves that I have to say, and I I hate saying it. It's not about me. Can everyone say that with me? Just, it's not about me. Now, actually, I want to do something real quick. This is awesome. I'm actually going to take a selfie with the church here. Groupie, yes. Group, groupies have a, such a negative turn. I'm going to just, can everyone that's like on this side over here, I'll get one on the other side. Give me a smile. All right, other side of the church. One, two, three. We're all familiar with selfies, right? Nice wave on that one, Tony. He's like, yeah. Now, we're all familiar with selfies. Selfies have taken over the nation, haven't they? They're everywhere. You go on to Instagram. You go on to Facebook. Even just MSN.com. Like, hey, this new person took a selfie with these celebrities. Like, selfies are everywhere. And I, I actually, there are a lot of people that, you know, will comments will be like, I hate selfies. I personally really like selfies. I don't take a lot of them of myself, but... Um, Aurora, it's funny, she knows how to take a phone, and as long as there's no password on it, actually she has cracked Stephanie's password a couple times. Two and a half years old, it's ridiculous. She'll navigate to a camera, whether it's a droid or an iPhone, switch it to herself, just go, cheese. You know, Steph will look at her phone and go, why am I out of space? Oh, 800 pictures of Aurora taking selfies. You've got to delete these. She just goes at it. So e- even the little kids now know what selfies are, and they're doing it, because the world is all about selfies. But selfies, and I said, I, I like looking at them, I think it's fun. But, um, but selfies are all about who? They're all about me. It's a selfie. It's showing people what I'm doing, where I'm at, where I'm going. It puts the attention on us. And I'm actually using selfies as an example. I'm not saying selfies are horrible. I'm just using them as an example because I think it's a really good one to show the, the me mentality. Uh, anyone follow the Tour de France? Selfies were getting the cyclists, they were driving the, the cyclists insane. People were literally stepping onto the track and taking selfies and cyclists were having to swerve around and one cyclist, I don't know if he actually fell over, but one talked about how he had to go ice his knee because of a maneuver he had to make to get out of the way of someone's selfie at the Tour de France. And if you actually Google Tour de France selfie, hundreds, and I, I mean hundreds of selfies, boom, just fill your browser of people, this, and one of, the, one of the cyclists you see like this, with his thumb up as he's riding by, another cyclist is like, I'm just you know, yelling. You can't believe people are jumping on the track to take selfies. But it's, again, people wanting in that moment for the world to see me. What am I doing? Look where I am. Look what I get to do. And I said, I love a good selfie, especially um, some, some funny ones people will take. I get an absolute kick out of them. But the point is, we live in a society where it's all about me. When someone does something really, really good in life, and it's good to get recognition, isn't it? It feels really, really good when people acknowledge what you do. But the downfall to that is we then start to say, I want that recognition. I'm doing this so people can acknowledge me. I'm doing this so people can acknowledge what I've done, what I'm going to do. Hey, look at my accomplishments, and everyone give me a round of applause. And what I love about this verse is it talks about acknowledge him. 
Trust him. Don't lean on your understanding. He will make your path straight. It takes me, when I read this verse, out of the equation of who's, who's the one that's better and greater. It always puts him back first. Now, I know I'm guilty of this, but when we have a hard decision uh, to make in our lives, God's not always the first one that I turn to for advice. I, I'll turn to a lot of other people and I'll try and figure it out on my own. And how often do we find in our lives that God is the one we go to when we're desperate instead of the one that we go to to seek counsel? And I'm just, I, I know that I've had times in my life where I've had to really check myself in that. Um, it was really, really funny that um, Monique actually called me out um, a couple years ago. It was the first year that I was in charge of the dinner auction. I had never been in charge of the dinner auction before and things were flying left and right and I was panicking and freaking out and I was actually on a low-carb diet at the time and Monique came to my office and I'm eating a cheeseburger not on the diet by any means whatsoever and she was like, oh my gosh, you're stressing out and I was like, I gotta get this done, what do you need? And I was like this. Monique asked me a simple question. She goes, when was the last time you prayed about this? It's like, oh, I'm one of the pastors here. I blew it. <laughs> I didn't even pray about the stress that I was experiencing. And she called me out on that. And then Paula even did the same thing. When I was meeting with her, she goes, we just need to pray that this is going to be fine. And I was like, gosh, everyone's praying except for me, and I'm the leader of this team. What is going on right now? <laughs> because I was taking all the burden and pressure on me. Now, yes, we prayed, and the auctions have been awesome here at Creekside, and you guys have blessed and sent kids to camp, and it's been phenomenal. But that's all because of God. It's not because of anything I've done. And when we pray and acknowledge him for it, we think, man, God has worked through this place so good that we've got to bless so many kids. But that's not because of me. It's not because of the auction team. It's because of what God does through us because we need to put him first. We don't want him to be just our desperation cry. We want him to be our battle cry. We want him to be the one that's leading us into the charge, not just the one that when we say retreat, oh, God, help me. You know, we want him to be there in the front lines with us in the first place. When we follow him, he's the one that makes our path straight. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm never saying God's going to pick you up and carry you on the path that he's laid out. It'd be great if God would just give me a piggyback ride through life. Hey, Dustin, here's your path. Hop up and just take me through it. Be like, you, God's doing all the work. It never says that in scripture that, that you know, God will just say, hey, here's where I want you to go, and I'm going to just put you on a catapult and shoot you there, and you'll, you won't have to do anything to get there on your own. It never says that. All throughout scripture, you find stories of people who are doing things. God tells them what to do, but then they have to do stuff to get there. God's with them every step of the way. God's showing them every step to take. God's, holding, God's literally holding their hand at times and showing them this is what we've got to do. But it's also on us to actually walk that out. It's on us to take those steps, to take action and be responsible for the call that God has put on our life. I remember, and I've shared before, that I gave up baseball to, to be a pastor. And I know, what was I thinking? And it was scary at first because I, I knew baseball. I knew that if I practiced really, really hard and kept at it, what it could turn into. No guarantees, of course. You know, what it could turn into. But when God called me into ministry, it was like, baseball, my path leads here. Ministry, I got to talk to somebody because I have no idea what this looks like. I have no idea what this turns out to. And so when I met with Terry and he started pointing me, you know, we're going to have you do this. We're going to have you do this. It ultimately led to me being the children's pastor. And I love that God has shown me that path. And I've been able to walk that path with Pastor Terry, with Pastor George and Steve and all the people and, and my dad and my mom and the people that have just walked through this with me, knowing that God has laid this path out for me. And I've been able to walk it knowing he's there and he's pointing me in the right direction. So we trust in the Lord God with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. And always acknowledge him and he makes our path straight. We can curve it, but he will always make it straight. 
It's not ever always going to be easy. I know that, you know, throughout Scripture, too, you see times where God has challenged someone to do something. I don't think um, Jonah going to Nineveh was an easy choice, for Jonah, at least. You know, I mean, God was like, Jonah, go to Nineveh and do it. And Jonah was like, they kill people. I'm out of here. And he ran away. But that was the path God laid out for him. And when Jonah did it, he got to see God working through him, and a whole city was changed. So when we walk that path, when we follow God's path, we get to see God do amazing things through us. Not so we get the credit, but so we can show him, hey God, because of me, you have done this. And I walked your path and you got to work in these people's hearts. You got to change these lives. You got to change these people all because I got to do what you wanted me to do. Not what I wanted to do, what you wanted me to do. That's why this verse encourages me so much. It takes me out of the equation. It brings me peace when I know that I don't know what to do. I know that God knows what's best, and if I trust him, he's going to get me through it. It brings me back to the word, and if I ever feel like giving up, I know that I can trust him. I know that I can't trust myself, but I can always trust him, no matter what, through his guarantee of always getting me through life. So, again, that's my life verse. I encourage all of you guys again here today, find a life verse. Um, Bring a three-by-five card, write your verse down, Make sure we'd love to hear and see what all your verses are. Terry again is going to do something really cool with them. No idea what he's going to do, but uh, but bring it. It's going to be awesome. And again, if, if you didn't write these down before, uh, write these down because this is what we hope a life verse will be for you. We hope it's encouraging when you need a lift. We hope it brings you peace in chaotic times. We hope it's recalibrating with your priorities, and it keeps you going when you feel like giving up. And if you ever feel like you can't trust God, just remember you're, you're not jumping into a wheelbarrow over Niagara Falls. Because I don't know if anybody here, there may be a couple of the fifth and sixth graders over there who'd be like, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Most likely the Skinner boys, Chris and Billy Skinner. Oh, yes. If you know them, you know they'd be like the first ones in the wheelbarrow. Like, we're doing this. But we can learn to trust God with all of our things in life. And when we trust him, when we start trusting him with the big things, it gets easier and easier and easier to see how we can trust him with more in our life because he will never, ever burn you or let you down.